Welcome to Potadelphia. My name is Dave Diorio. You can find me on Twitter at fat underscore lobster. And I'm joined by two guys who have just started venturing out into society like a newly hatched spotted lantern fly. What's up, Chuck and Gene? <laughs> <laughs> um hey everybody this is chuck ciders um and i loathe lantern flies i do kill them it's fun um you're doing your civic duty um i have not been going out and about in society very much i'm going back to work tomorrow which will be at the same desk that i'm recording this show at um if you want to hear further thoughts about um being a recluse and spotted and spotted lantern flies you can find me at chuck ciders you can find the show at potadelphia and i'm gene Zilak. you can find me on twitter at producer gene and um yeah i don't i don't know you people in pa with your kill all the lantern flies laws I, that is that is some genocidal stuff uh i don't know i don't know what what you people are up to in that state the, the 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 spotted lantern fly is the scourge of eastern pennsylvania i don't know if this is is a, the same phenomenon anywhere else in the united states but in eastern pennsylvania it's serious it's a constant subject of conversation uh i believe they're they're if they can prove that you have allowed a spotted lantern fly to live uh you could receive a citation <laughs> like you you are clearly harboring spotted lanterns <laughs> yeah uh we do not accept they're all god's creatures uh in this area you know it's like you remember when you were a kid you always thought like you could get a fine or something if you killed a praying mantis yes and this is not the first time we've talked about this on the show but yes are you serious we've talked about this yeah. we have did we ever determine if it was true or not? No, what that would take all the fun out of it. <laughs> well, we never I got to the bot. We never like Snopes <laughs> this thing. I'll, I'll get on it. I mean, we we ha we have nothing to talk about this week, so I'll take a look. But go on with your analogy, Dave. Well, now that we've sucked all reasons for you to actually stick around. <laughs> <laughs> Gene, Gene, you. Uh, Gene, you brought up a, a Bryce Harper, uh, I don't know, idea, notion, or something that I hadn't heard of. So, uh, yeah, I don't know if – actually, my dad, of all people, brought this to my attention. Apparently, Bryce Harper had a conversation with Lane Johnson yesterday, and I, from what I gathered, and I didn't see, there was some sort of a recording. And, was this on Twitch or something? Uh, something, probably. That's like his preferred method of uh, getting the word out. They were having some sort of a, like a back and forth, and I believe it started with Lane Johnson basically giving Bryce Harper shit for being a Cowboys fan. And I remember us talking about that at the time, but Bryce Harper grew up in Vegas, you know, when he's 12 or 13 or whatever. He didn't necessarily know he was going to be a Philadelphia um, player for Philly. the rest of his life. You know what I mean? Um but apparently, Bryce kind of countered with, if there's not baseball, I'm going to walk on uh, for the Eagles and play for the Eagles. Um, that's kind of like his way of kind of saying that, uh, you know, I'm all in with you guys. You know, you're my, you know, you're my hometown guys now. You're my, you're my bros. Um, so this sort of opened up a, a plethora of ideas for me. First of all, um, does that win you 
fake internet brownie points with Bryce Harper that um, <laughs> he has now abandoned his love for the Cowboys um, in order to uh, play for the Eagles. Uh, obviously, he's kidding. There's no way that there's anybody in that organization would let him even go near All right, uh, so a practice. A yeah, of course. That's nonsense. So, but it, so I do have a couple of questions here. So how hardcore of a Cowboys fan is Bryce Harper? Does it score does it does he score more points with me by converting to becoming an Eagles fan or is it more like you you will you have no sense of loyalty you just abandon your childhood team you know I don't know I don't know which which emotion I feel more let me jump in there on two points one um kill away when it comes to praying mantises if you feel so inclined it's perfectly legal they've never been an endangered species you can kill them all you like um uh secondly um if bryce harper grew up in dallas or the greater dallas area i'd have a different opinion but when you grow up without a clearly defined regional rooting interest you're kind of picking out of a hat anyway. It's why I have such a hard time, you know, when following uh, Korean baseball. I wanted to really get into it, but just because I like my laptop made by Samsung did not mean I could really full-throated, you know, uh, cheer for the Samsung Lions. So I think if if it's not part of, you know, your the fabric of your being, if it's not part of... You know, you look everywhere and it's Cowboys, 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 Cowboys. If it's something that you intellectually chose, then he can abandon it as far as I care. I don't I mean, like, well, you know, I, I guess, but like, I'm not really too, I don't know. I don't know this information off the top of my head, but like as the crow flies, the, the, the distance from <laughs> Las Vegas to Dallas is that much further than like a i don't know a pan like a florida panhandle uh resident rooting for the the dolphins well real quick <laughs> i think we are also east coast northeast bias that like I, i'd give you 50 dollars to point out the panhandle right now um but also there's jacksonville in between yeah, but and a, a relatively new team uh, okay, well that's that's fair. That's maybe fair. some of those like Florida coast people are more Saints fans. Sure, I mean that works for me. I'm I, right now. I'm seeing how far Dallas is to Vegas. I don't think Google Maps will let me say as the crow flies <laughs> um, as an option, but it is. 17 hours and 57 minutes. Okay, so um, way further. Way, way, yeah, way further. 1,223 miles. So not even close. Okay. but So, I mean, like, uh, geographically speaking, a, a Las Vegas resident should probably have allegiances to, like, an L.A. team or an Arizona team. Yes. M- much, much closer. Yeah. Like, ridiculously closer. Or even Colorado. I don't know. Maybe it, not. It, it just feels like uh, yes. 
of, of all the places that he could have grown up, like Vegas seems like the most likely to be completely transient in the sense that everybody that he maybe went to school with or their families, like Vegas is not a city that has these, these families that go back three, four, five generations uh, in Vegas. I imagine from the little I know about be- being there, a lot of people migrated there very late last century. 60s 70s so you might be you know the first of your you know your family might be the first ones in town so you're going to have a lot of people bringing a lot of deeply held fan bases into vegas and this is all a long way to just say when he was in his grade school class i'm sure the only thing he probably cared about was baseball practice like the kind of person that he was to to kind of give him shit about what nfl team he rooted for which we all do and did, but he didn't grow up in the same way that most people did. Yeah, but I, I but like, I get it. Like that's his primary focus was baseball, and he was baseball centered for most of his life. But I mean, the same thing could probably be said about Mike Trout. So, do you think people in LA give Mike Trout shit because he's an Eagles fan? Or they respect that, like, hey, this is where this guy's from. These are his roots. We respect that he has loyalty to his hometown team. I mean, he also he also plays for the Angels. Team. The Angels barely are fans of their own team. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure the Chargers are going back to San Diego. And I don't know what the Rams are doing. So, <laughs> LA, LA is not a pro football town. So... All right, whatever. I mean, you get what I'm saying. I, I don't. I don't know. How, where do the Harpers hail from before they migrated to Vegas? I guess that would be the ultimate question. There. Yeah, because it would that would kind of give you roots as to where his his. Dad I guess I don't really care to be. Yeah, and, and that's to be thing, honest, I, really I just care. don't give a shit. And and honestly, to a certain degree, you know, it, it's 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 just a strange. And Chuck's right. Like that. That's a very northeast biased thing that I've kind of had to accept having lived in a in the world long enough to sort of meet other people from other places people don't watch sports in the middle of the country the way that we do in a lot of ways well, um, they watch more college but they watch I, a lot I, more college and they just they they watch a lot more you know, they watch it for the love of the game for lack of a better term like you you have a lot you know if you don't grow up in a place where there is sort of like and maybe that's why I get so goddamn angry about people that grow up here and are Dallas fans. Like you are blessed with the idea that you have a genetic link to a to a place and to a fan base. Like you could be just by being here and being born here, you are given the gift of being uh, able to follow these teams and be rabid the way that the rest of us are, and 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 share in our heartbreak. You are well, allowed for that gift. Yeah, uh, you are all. But, but you know, uh, other places, you know, you have to wake up in the morning and just decide um, what what team you want to root for. Okay, I'm jumping in here. <laughs> you know what, um, Gene? I'm disgusted by this conversation. I'm leaving right now. Okay. <laughs> Maybe edit that in. I have no idea. But I got I got to go. Home. Okay, okay, man. So, Good luck. All right. Um, yeah, so- and I think like Vegas is is one of those towns that very much supports national teams, quote unquote, national teams. Uh, you know, Yankees, Lakers, Packers. I don't know. 
yeah, you know, the, the or, or to a certain degree, you'll you'll find that there's certain teams that become trendy. You know, think about like the late '80s uh, Miami Hurricanes. You know what I mean? Like, who have you? When was the last time you w- walked into a Miami's Hurricanes fan or a Nebraska Cornhuskers fan? But you know, for certain periods of time, those fan bases became sort of national. Um, or the the best example is the the Florida Seminoles. I don't even remember them being particularly competitive. Um, they just sort of got this reputation for being cool. Um, we give the Bobby Bowden years. They were. But did they ever win a national championship? I'm sure they must have. I'd have to look that up. But yeah, okay. So they had they probably had a decent run. But then you know they receded yeah. to the to the realms of obscurity. Um, yeah. It's sort of like LSU and Clemson have kind of risen now. Um, I don't know that I would have even been able to tell you what colors LSU wore when I was 10. Um, I just wouldn't have had any idea. Um, so I, I think it's it's interesting that in, in a lot of places that we kind of expect that when we bring in a free agent, they're going to sort of adopt us as their hometown. Uh, I think to a certain degree, one of the things that is interesting to me with Bryce Harper, though, is it, not so much who he's rooting for, but who's he going to raise his kid to root for? Like that to me will be the real mark of whether he's passing the torch. But and I think that he's going to be yeah. an Eagles, Phillies sort of fan because he's going to be here until the kids like in high school, basically. Um, yeah, we're not gonna we're not gonna really know until like for I don't know almost ten years from now. Yeah, I mean unless him and like Carson Wentz's kid become like best friends or whatever. I think eventually he is going to move to Philly. I, I really do. I, I this there's so much to get out of the synergy that right. these athletes you know, put into it, you know, like when you see Carson Wentz and Ben Simmons and everything and uh, supporting the other teams, uh, fans really like that too. So I I think, I think he eventually will relocate. It was probably just a lot this last year, you know, with having a baby, new team, all that nonsense. Now with this happening, I don't know. So the, the conversation started i think with 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 lane in sort of a friendly way giving him a hard time about being a cowboys fan and bryce basically saying well i'll 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 come and be an eagle then i'll come and walk on obviously he's kidding around but it leads to another conversation which i thought was interesting um what position would he play well there's that i think he'd be a wide receiver he's sort of built like um um you know like one of those like Wes Welker type sort of guys. He's a little taller. He's Bryce Harper's what six five, but I think that that's what probably like what his skill set would translate to. Um, you know, right fielder probably has. A you know, if there's anything that I got, I don't know. Did you watch the Last Dance? Uh, just bits and pieces of it. I, I really need to to sit and do like a like a, a straight walk. I'm like so ride. slowly chunking through this thing. I think I'm through episode seven now. Um, but they talked about his baseball transition um, and how the athlete's body gets tailored to the sport that they play. Right. So when I'm watching this, it's like, well, he didn't have, he didn't have a baseball physique. You know, he, he had a muscular physique that was tailored to playing basketball. It's a different set of muscles and a different, you know, set of, like i don't know physical activities that require strength for each sport and that 
you know that that makes it much thinking about that makes it much more unrealistic to say an athlete is going to switch sports or play two sports simultaneously, which makes, you know, the Bo Jackson and the, the Deion Sanders phenomenon uh, so unique. I mean, particularly Bo Jackson, because he was so, he excelled so much in both, you know, Dion was like an okay baseball player. Yeah. I mean, Dion was a hall of fame football player, just Almost because he had such pure speed. Who was the other one? Brian, Brian Jordan? I think Brian Jordan was also a two-sport player, yeah. But with the Braves also, right? Right, right. But with I don't the, think he was – the Atlanta teams. He was, I don't think he was a very good football player, though. Right. Um, but the thing is – and you bring up Bo Jackson. That's, that's the thing is, to a certain degree – Growing up, Bo Jackson, to a certain, it, we almost took him for granted when he came along, and sort of l- took both sports by storm and was in two very ho- pro- high-profile sort of positions. I mean, granted, he was in Kansas City for the for the Royals. They weren't necessarily a real good team, but he was a like a cleanup hitter. He was like a three-four home run hitting, but Gold Glove level defender as well. And then on football field, he was almost literally unstoppable as a running back. And to see how good he was for that small window of time and then to be injured uh, in the way that he was so that it ended both careers simultaneously, basically, because um, he tried to come back for, to baseball and it, it, it didn't pan out. Right. Um, you know, it's, it's sort of mind-boggling to, to, to see how quick that sort of thing can, can go up in smoke. And... I think that that probably was one of the things that may end the idea of that sort of athlete ever coming along again because it's just so high risk to play a sport like football uh, because you know one hit and you're 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 done and you your whole livelihood is up in smoke. So um, I think he was a very unique phenomenon. He was a one of a kind, except that Deion Sanders was doing it basically at the exact same time, and um, I think. I was lucky to say that I was able to see him do both and be so good at it. Yeah. It was, you know, when I was rewatching the 1993 NLCS and, you know, Dion was, was playing for the Braves and they were talking about like, well, you know, now that the series is over, you know, Dion was kind of anxious to get back to the Falcons. Um, You know, it was like, you know, how emotionally connected can you be in that, transition period because those are the only two sports you could really do it it's the only really feasible to do baseball and football you couldn't do yeah but i mean it's amazing like if you're playing professional baseball it's not like you can go to training camp you you can't right so you're getting back and you know hopefully if your team's good you're getting back at like week four week five week six of the nfl season and you're jumping right in like that takes somebody who is a, you have to have the certain type type of personality that when you rejoin that team, they're excited to have you back because you're going to have to come in and take somebody's job at that point, you know, because somebody's been doing your job for four weeks. Yeah, and also the the guys that we've talked about have been like Atlanta and Atlanta, but when you talk about Bo Jackson, it's Kansas City and it was it Oakland. Uh, actually, I think he was an L.A. Raider. L.A. I don't know. I yeah, I knew he was a Raider. I just didn't know where they were located. I think he was time. actually an L.A. Raider. <laughs> but yeah i mean like if you have any if you have any questions about you know how great bo jackson was just pick up a copy of tech mobile right 
or, or <laughs> like any anything from that era like he was all over every sort of ad i mean thing. to say you're just taking that game for example just to say like well you could be you know walter payton or you could be who 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 else was a great uh, eric dickerson eric dickerson yeah Indianapolis. um but no Bo was the best running Bo back. Bo was in the that back. Game. Yeah. Of the, yeah. of, of the, and, and the thing is, he was probably the only other athlete, probably at that time, because this is 90, 91, 92, I think that could have rivaled the same sort of fame that Michael Jordan had. Michael Jordan is about to peak in his fame right as Bo leaves sports. Um, but remember, Bo's slogan was just Bo knows. That was the ad campaign was he could literally do anything he would, you know, the, I think one of the ads was, it was like in black and white and he would just show up and they would just give him like impossible tasks. And Bo right, would just like be like, Bo knows skydiving, Bo, Bo knows skydiving, Bo knows hibachi cooking, Bo, you know, everything Bo can do. He, and that, and uh, you know, that was, and he was literally built like the Terminator. He was this real life, incredible Hulk. Uh, you know, what was the, um, what was the Saturday morning cartoon? Oh yeah, it was called like, and it's not wasn't called the Super Friends, but it was like a version of the Super Friends, where it was. Three... It was like the cartoon version of the All Star Cafe. Yeah, and it had uh, it had Wayne Gretzky, I believe, yep. was the hockey player, and Bo yep. Jackson, and when was the other one Michael Jordan? Yeah, and the three of them like went on adventures solving crimes or fighting villains. I don't were the, I, I was fighting the, aliens. Who was knows? The, was the villains Troy Aikman and, and Emmett Smith? The villains in every Saturday morning cartoon were either aliens or robots. Right. Yes. Because you couldn't have like violence yeah. against another person. No, so. it, but it could be absolutely we could kill all the aliens or robots that we wanted to. <laughs> Preparing our generation to uh, to fight off either an alien invasion or the rise of AI. Yeah, that was a terrible cartoon, though. Yeah, no, I don't remember it being very good. Yeah, you know, if you go back and watch the cartoons we romanticize from like the late '80s, really, now they're terrible. Well, one of the things that uh, you know you don't really notice when you're a kid is so much of that animation got reused in every episode. So if you watch <laughs> a fight scene from yeah. like an action show, you're like, uh, didn't I just see literally He Man swing his sword at this exact same angle? In the last four episodes, yeah. I just we're watched. spiraling now. But um, I was flipping around on uh, Peacock. Have you uh, do, do you have Comcast? I do. So I you do. get the Peacock. I do. Uh, whatever that is, and uh, the, the I found the old like the entire Saved by the Bell collection is on there. Like every because oh. you know that's like an NBC jam yeah. right there. So it's like every season of Saved by the Bell, Saved by the Bell, the college years. Then it's the uh, Saved by the Bell. Uh, like marriage in Vegas special, and then also the Hawaiian special. The Hawaiian one, which I thought was the best of them. And Hawaiian. they're making like a new Saved by the Bell with Mario Lopez as either a principal or a teacher. Is he the only returning cast member? Did they dig up D Dustin Diamond from whatever meth lab he's working? <laughs> no, in I don't. I don't. Th I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but um, we, I was like, David, you know my son. I was like, let's watch. You know, he watches these shows with like, um, you know, about school and stuff like that. Like it's coming out on like Disney and all that stuff. And I was like, oh, this is like that that version for for me. So like, do you want to watch it? And I was like, man, this thing does does not age doesn't age gracefully well. at at all. What did like, he in think? Any way. What did he think of what it was like to live in those times? 
So we jumped to season two because I didn't want to get in with all like the Miss Bliss stuff. Oh, like, that's I, just confusing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you just want the you just want the the, the cast, like the Tiffany Amber Thiessen, you know, all that. The so you want crew. that cast. Yeah. Um, I mean, geez, it was I mean, like funny. you basically really injected it, you just basically injected puberty into this kid like right away, showing him Tiffany Amber Amber Thiessen, like. <laughs> <laughs> he did Man. he did guffaw at a couple of uh screech gags well i mean because his favorite thing to say is, is like there's always an idiot yeah because every <laughs> show we watch there's always one person that's an idiot right so he i'm like you're right good picking up on that so he's one of his like superpowers is to identify the idiot in television the fool yeah, yeah. He, he likes the fool right hey it's a great uh a great a great character uh trope yeah but uh, so back to bo jackson yeah the the iconic thing that i remember most about bo jackson isn't bo nose and isn't the cartoon it's breaking the bat over his knee yeah i was gonna say that i mean they even made a baseball card out of that and you know i've seen players do this time to time it's incredible to me nobody did it the way he did it though i've never seen anybody snap them the way he does now he used to just like twigs they would just shatter it was like nothing. It, it was it, a toothpick. Yeah. I trim the branches over my driveway and I'm breaking them down for lawn pickup. I can't break them over my knee. Like and they're they're definitely not as thick as a bat. Oh is. yeah. I mean no. like you have to be some crazy strong dude to break it cuz if you don't if it doesn't break, oh that hurts. First of all, you look like an idiot. <laughs> Do we have any like highlights of people like trying to break a bat over their knee and failing in, there, there, in MLB? There must be. There must be. That's got to be a, a YouTube. I'm going to look that up. Yeah. Um, and uh, but and also it's super painful. Like if you don't go, th- if it doesn't go through, it's it's. it's but I, I every time I saw Bo do it, I never saw him have a, an ounce of of trouble. And and like I said, one of the things I remember very distinctly is there was a baseball card shop not far from my house, and I remember the day, like going in looking specifically for that card and and seeing it under glass, you know. And I think it was four or five dollars at the time, which seemed like an insane amount of money, because that was probably ten baseball card packs or five baseball card packs at the time. And I was going to spend this on on one card, and and the guy that I was with. Uh, you know, I used to just be the binder guy, you know, um, and I've actually got my nephew into collecting baseball cards now, too. Um, so I said to him, like, you know, do you want my collection? He goes, no, I don't know who any of those players are. I don't know who any of those players are, so I don't want any of your cards. OK, um, but I remember going in and, and, and the, the friend I was with, he's like, well, now, you know, you've got to get, you know, protectors. you got to get the sleeves for these things that that card is uh, is too valuable for you to just mash into your common collection. Um, mostly my cards were commons because I, you know, when I first started, I only kept the Phillies cards, um, which was very stupid because I was collecting when I was six, seven, eight, which is 1986, 1987, and the Phillies are god awful in that era. Um, so. Yeah, so I did have a lot of bad baseball cards. But, you know, then I went down that rabbit hole and I became, you know, you know, was one of those needem needem gotem needem kind of kids. I still have whole sets that I actually put together from packs of like Tops and Donruss from like 88, 89, 90. I have no idea whether any of those are any good. The one the one I know I am missing in the first upper deck set. I am missing 
I think it's the very first upper deck set. I am missing the Ken Griffey Jr. card, which is probably the only card that's worth anything in that that's whole set. That's probably point. the most important one. Yeah, so, of course, I don't have that one because I, I don't believe they ever actually put it into a pack of cards. I think they so, only had them sold under the counter. <laughs> so, well, th- and, and this is something that, you know, kids these days, <laughs> this is going to go old man about it, kids these days don't have to suffer through because when we were kids, we never got to see Bo Jackson come to Philly uh, to play the Phillies. Right. You know, because it was strictly, there was no interleague. So you only played the national league. Um, and by that time that Bo came, the Royals and Philly, you know, the Royals and Phillies were playing in the postseason, you know, yeah. but uh, you know, that time had passed. So, you know, we never got to see him play baseball in Philly. Yeah, we didn't get to see them. Yeah. Just I, think I, about what that draw would have been like, woo. you know, to come see Bo play in Philly. I, I mean, I'm sure he, you know, he came as a as a Raider. Um, uh, I know that the Eagles played them in Los Angeles while he was playing as the Raiders. I don't know if they ever played, if he ever played in. Philadelphia. I mean, he must have. He must have. He must have. I'd have to ask my pop because he had season tickets during that era. He'd probably remember. But you know, like I, I you know, I get up when you know it's like oh, Barry Bonds is coming. You know, I want to see Barry. I want to see Mark McGuire. You know, all these guys come. I, you know, I definitely would have been interested do you think that that is maybe the only uh positive of of interleague play i mean we're we're going to see in our lifetime the the dh rule become universal i i honestly believe that that's something that's going going to happen um sooner rather than later you know selfishly i think that's probably good for the phillies i think the way that their roster currently is constructed um you're going to get a lot more production out of a guy like Bryce Harper later in his career if he's not in right field um, and you can DH him you know I think he's going to be able to hit the ball for a lot longer than he's going to be able to play right field um, so that that'll that'll it could be beneficial for our, our baseball team but growing up a National League fan and uh, you know being taught by my grandfather um, you know sort of the rules of, of of National League baseball and and my you know the idea of the pitcher not hitting just still seems like it just feels wrong. Like I, I honestly, I, I, I feel like one of the first things I ever said about baseball is like, what do American League managers do exactly? <laughs> like, why do you even need to have an American League manager? Manager, should well, the, the pitcher just say I'm tired and like tag out? I think, uh, you know, I think we gotta just learn to accept it. I, you know, I, I know that the players' association really is really pushing for this, and I think it's to you know allow guys to extend their careers but i don't know does it devalue does it devalue the like utility man or uh you know a bunch of these bench guys that would normally get playing time because now really what you're doing is just going to rotate guys through as d as dh right i don't which is a very different type of player than a guy who you would keep on the roster that can actually play the infield i guess i mean like i guess there there are aging superstars that you know you can you can keep around longer as as dh i'm just used to like the national league approach to it so it's like okay we're playing an american league team so we're gonna give everyone a day off but instead of an actual day off they're just dh right yeah no it'll it'll be really interesting it'll be it'll certainly change the way that we think about baseball uh it's funny that we ended up going down this rabbit hole which seems to be my catchphrase today oh also i think it's you know there was something magical about pitchers that can hit or when a pitcher gets a hit or when a pitcher gets a home run. And I don't know if anyone's been watching the 
like last week, Comcast Sportsnet hit it out of the park by showing the L- the 2008 LCS games and one through five. Whole, yeah, showing the whole series in entirety. Right. Thank you. Right. Exactly. Um, but that game two with Brett Myers, like three for three with three RBIs, it's just a big part of that game because. Well, Joe Blanton and his home run in in the World yeah. Series. You know that, and, and Brett Myers with his walk in the uh, in the divisional series right. against DC. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing that you you know is going to get kind of being shifted to the the realm of lore essentially. And 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 what I was going to say is I I sort of because I, I have nothing better to do uh, <laughs> because there's no sports to watch at night. Uh, I I've sort of was like what what I, I remember my my talking to friends of mine about ever heard of Stratomatic? Have you ever heard of Stratomatic? I, I have heard of Stratomatic okay, Baseball. So Stratomatic, I've never played it. Yeah. I, I, I did play it once or twice. Um, it's like Dungeons and Dragons baseball. To a certain degree. It, there's a dice involved. There's a dice involved. Yeah. And, and these cards are laid out with certain dice rolls equate to certain events in the game. And then there's advanced yep. rules um, where you'll actually take fielding and, and stadium conditions into account. So... The reason I bring this up is I started watching. There's this entire YouTube community where there oh, are these old oh, no, guys geez. that will replay both real games like that actually happened on the date that they happened, just in other years. Um, mm-hmm. So it's like June 7th, but we're going to do 1959 today, and we're going to do the Reds versus the Pirates. Um, or they will also have guys that will do fantasy. So one of the ones I watched was the 08 Phillies against... Um, like the, one of the seventies, I don't remember which year, um, versions of the, the pirates, like the Willie Stargell teams. And they, okay. they, they have those out, they lay them out and that kind of worked because they were both national league teams. So you, you could have the pitchers bat and the pitchers have batting statistics. Um, so that kind of worked and, and you, 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 they played out. The thing that was amazing to me is they did one where it was a 1986 game. It was one of those like on this date games and it was the Phillies versus the pirates, uh, and the interesting thing was this guy had been doing the Phillies season for like on the day for this whole uh, this whole year from from like 1986. His version in this game of Von Hayes was on a nine game hitting streak, and there was a uh, left handed pitcher pitching, and he gave Von Hayes the day off as to not screw up Von Hayes's hitting streak because Von is so poor against left handed pitching apparently. Um, so then he played through the whole game. The game ended up like five to one. He didn't have to have Hayes come in and pitch, uh, come in and pinch hit or anything. So his, his, um, hitting streak was intact. And then at the end, the thing that he does, that was interesting. Kind of the punchline to all of this is he then comes up with the actual stats from that game, from that date. And it was within one run and the, wow, really? and the hit count was within two hits for each team. And it was, I think his came out 5-1. to one. The actual game was 4-1, to one, a Phillies win. It, it, it ended up being almost exactly accurate. The only thing that was different was when he looked at the box score, in, in, in the version that he had, the pitcher had two doubles to drive in like that extra run. So that was sort of like oh. the, the statistical anomaly that threw the whole thing off. So is he doing this solo, like with himself, or is it? Yeah. Does he have like a no, no, no? He it's, it's literally <laughs> this is this is this is the depths of my de- de- depression. Um, it's <laughs> literally a guy with a wooden box, and then the cards in front of the wooden box, and he narrates 
you know, how, it's like how this he, goes. he Vince Scully's it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Almost out of my own like morbid curiosity, I want to check out this. This. YouTube yeah. You just, channel. just all you have to do is just search Stratomatic. You'll see. I'm sure there's not a ton of guys doing. No, this. there's not a lot, and it's, it's just it's him. Quarter <laughs> the market. He's he's got this dice box. Gene, I want you to look. No, seriously. In all in all honesty, I want you to reach out to this guy and see if he wants to come on the show. Okay, I will. I, will. Uh, I, I think, would love to talk to this guy about Stratomatic. Yeah, I think I could. I think I could probably try to hook something up. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> That's so funny. They don't call me producer Gene for nothing. It's so funny because it's like, um, yeah, I really think of it as like Dungeons and Dragons for for baseball. That is a, a great analogy. It's a great analogy. Uh, what were we talking about? Oh, pitchers batting. Oh, and you know, you can just say goodbye to the double switch. Yeah, forget forget about it. Nobody... I want to know how often does a double switch happen in an in an American League versus American League game? I, I'm probably never. It's got to be not not that often. All right, so let's move on. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, football in the international sense, right? I was going to say, and, but not and, the football you think. And Major League Soccer, because Major League Soccer is coming back um, early July with a return to soccer tournament. Uh, which I think is a good idea. It's going to be really fun. I guess they're going to play a season after this. Yeah. Uh, an abbreviated season after this, maybe. I think that's the plan. Uh, but to start it off, a tournament inside the Disney bubble. The bubble gets bigger. Um, but, you know, I, I'm glad that Disney is finding creative ways to use their facility. This will be at the wide world of sports. Um, and there's two soccer fields, and they're going to play it like, like the World Cup. They're going to have groups. Um, and you're going to have games like every day throughout the day. There's going to be like a 9 a.m. game, a noon game, a three game, a six game, um, all, all the way through the tournament. There's like a round-robin tournament and then the knockout round and a championship and all that. So, I mean, Gene, what are your, what are your thoughts around the, the tournament idea itself? My feeling about the tournament is this is the MLS's best chance to uh, have, the, have the floor to themselves and probably the best chance since 1994 to actually win over some of those on-the-fence fans who probably haven't watched soccer since the World Cup was in the U.S. I think this is where they could actually make some new fans. And I'm very grateful that the league has actually expanded in a way that there's going to be some national interest. I think when the league first started, they, they were there were a lot of underserved um, localities. There were a lot of underserved cities. Um so, uh, you know, I think it's going to be good for the MLS. And I, I'm an MLS fan, so I, I think that that's uh, a positive thing. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. I mean, like, they're going to they're gonna be the only game in town um, for a little while until the NBA gets, gets going. Uh, and I think a tournament is something that people can get into quickly. Uh, it's a format that if you've ever watched an international soccer tournament, you should be familiar with um philly seems to do pretty well in tournament style mls um competition uh so i think it's i think it's good i think it's good you know it's good for it's nice that they're going to actually have a season also uh to go along with it so we're going to get this tournament we're going to get a season we're going to get playoffs um so i think it's great the thing thing that's interesting is that they'll probably be wrapping that tournament just as the nba is sort of getting into the playoff uh, part of their, their you know, there'll probably be a little overlap, but you know, the NBA will go through their couple of warm up games, I guess is how they're, or, or, or their regular season to sort of position everyone. 
and then the um you know the MLS couple or I'm not even sure what they're calling this. It's not the MLS Cup. That's what they call their regular season. I guess they'll they'll call it whatever trophy this is. Maybe it'll be the quarantine trophy. Um, <laughs> and then the, the quarantine return cup. to play or the return the return to MLS tournament. Yeah. So it's it's it'll be it'll be cool. And I think that I you know in, in some cases if you had one of these like for lack of a better term preseason tournaments people would probably not give a shit um in some cases but since really people just want i mean people are, are watching marbles go down uh you know tubes yeah, what at, is that? at millions of views uh a week now so you know people are just they just want their fix and lord knows that you know even even foot uh soccer hating americans will, will want to watch like legit professional athletes trying to to win some sort of a tournament who represent your city that that should you know hold people over till the nba gets back yeah um and so the they did the draw this week um so i have uh where philly landed so it's so um the way they did the host the way they did the top seeds were orlando gets to be a top seed because they're the host city okay so, so very, very similar to World Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the top four finished at the top four seeds from the playoffs. Uh, so I guess it was Toronto, LAFC, Atlanta, um, and Seattle. And then Salt Lake City, who was like the next, like the fifth best record, I guess. Basically. From last season, right? Yeah. Now, <clears throat> Philly is in Group A uh, with Orlando. Oh, that's a good draw for us. So it's really good, right? Um, so looking at that group, it's it's a six. All the all of them are four teams except for Group A, which is six: um, Orlando, Miami, uh, NYCFC, Philly, Chicago, and Nashville. So you dodge Atlanta, you dodge Toronto. Um, you know a lot of these teams that get you know all the LA teams uh, and Seattle. Yeah. So that's, I mean, there's a good chance that Philly could come out of that group. Yeah. So how is uh, it going to work with a six team group? Are they just going to have to play? I don't know how play everybody work, twice. But... And do they, do they take three out of that group? It seems, it seems unfair that you'd have a, a six. No, group. only two are going to come out of that group, but I don't oh, know if they're going to play a full round Robin from that. There's no way they could. You play three. Yeah. You'd play. Yeah. You'd have to, it'd be interesting. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out, but so, I, I, I think that does, play. that is a good draw for the, for the, yeah, I mean, like NYCFC seems to be like the really like the toughest team in that group, and we beat them in the playoffs last year. Although it's like in one of the most wild games you'd ever want to. We should we should rewatch that game. That would actually. be a good rewatch. We watched I, because the, we never really got to actually watch that's it. That's the thing was we were kind of trying to watch it, and and everybody had such ho- such a horrible feed. I would wonder if there's even an actual feed of that game that's available. Well, there is because I think only it was only the Comcast customers on fs1 had that issue okay so mls so if you were like a fios i think you didn't have a you yeah, didn't, you didn't have a problem to, uh, that's when i'll look up because I, I i totally forgot that that was such a great game yeah so it was like so on this episode it's like plus the comcast for all the saved by the bell content minus for the blackout issues last yeah. year on the uh, yeah so all right one last interesting thing about this tournament so there's you know we talked a lot about what the nfl is going to do with the national anthem and are they going to allow their players to protest? Or are they not? Uh, what do we expect to happen? Um, 
not going to be an issue for MLS. Not according to what they put out. Yeah, they get the best of both worlds. They're going to say, you're allowed to protest the national anthem, but we're not going to play it. Yeah. Because there's no fans. We don't really see a point in playing the national anthem. Right. Should So first question, should the national anthem be played to an empty stadium? I, I mean, I have to be honest. I had not taken this into consideration. I did also did not think about this. I didn't take into consideration the fact that it would look very silly to play a national anthem to an empty stadium, like, or arena or venue. Um, so, I mean, there is something to be said that, like, the national anthem is sort of played for the fans, I guess. I honestly, in all this time, have never researched why we play the national anthem at the beginning of sporting events. You know, you don't play the national adva- anthem in the beginning of a movie. You don't play the national anthem at like any other type like of the theater entertainment thing. Yeah, like like a concert. Right. You know, Def Leppard doesn't come out and do the national anthem before they start their set. Um, but for some reason, we do it with sports. And I think that it's probably it, – it sounds like something that baseball would have started. This just seems on brand for baseball to be like, you know, we should we should start with the anthem. Um, so – but, you know, do you think that MLS is laying kind of down the, the template for other leagues to now be like, oh, this is how we solve the problem. We just don't play it. Then – all the players can kneel, but they're not playing the anthem, so it doesn't matter. Do you think that that would anger or upset players that they don't now know that they don't have the opportunity now to make this gesture that they probably are planning to do? Well, Gene, first off, you were right. This was a baseball thing. Um, it began on September 5th. 1918 during game one of the world series between the Red Sox and the Cubs when the Red Sox still had Babe Ruth. So, and, and that's right. And and that is right before world war one ends. World war one would end November 11th, 1918. So that's just a few weeks before the war ended. Yeah. So I guess it just, that just happened. And then just the wave of patriotism, uh, like kind of kept it going. Well, the other um, professional yeah, leagues I, weren't really I, in existence then. The NFL, the NBA, none of those were in existence no. at that point. So they just picked it. Like if baseball, if baseball had just said like the war's over, we're not doing this anymore. Maybe we wouldn't be doing this before every sporting event. I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I don't. <laughs> it is tough to say if this is a cop out or not. I, I just don't know. I think I'm going to have to see what, and is this going to influence what the NBA does and what the NHL does um, in regards to the national anthem? Yeah, I honestly have not given this any thought. I think, oh man, I don't know, dude. What's what's your gut reaction? One. What's your gut reaction to, uh, you know, tomorrow we, you know, the first MLS game comes on. And, uh, you know, you tune in and it just it just kicks off. That doesn't affect you as a viewer really at all, because how often do you actually see before a game on television the national anthem? Man, you know, with soccer, it's so much because they come out of the tunnel with the the little kids. They exchange the uh, the flag or whatever. Yeah. Take the photo op. 
And then they all stand in the line. With, especially uh, for tournaments. Especially for tournaments. Banners down mm-hmm. in the front in between the two teams. And the national anthems play. Um, or or if so, it's if it's one of those big international tournaments like the, the Champions League, that has its own song. Did okay. you know that? The Champions League has its uh, own its own theme. Okay. I, yeah. But that's not a national anthem. No, no. But you could kneel during a theme. Do like, they not play that? I mean, they definitely. I just mean maybe M- maybe MLS though. should have a theme. Like they should have somebody write them like a theme song. Like like this like like maybe the guys that wrote Bosom Buddies like that theme song like or Perfect Stranger. MLS exactly. I'm the unknown sports league. <laughs> I, I don't, I, it it start neutral, right? All things equal, right? None of n- n- there has been no civil unrest, and there's just the coronavirus pandemic. Playing the national anthem or not playing the national anthem does it? Would it strike you as weird to not play it? Initially, I think it would be weird, but I think they should just do it. But I think if you if you if you if they had said, see, and this is the real the real sticky thing that you've gotten yourself into now. If six weeks ago, eight weeks ago, the NBA, NFL, somebody had come out and said, hey, we're planning to go back and, um, you know, have sports again without fans. But don't expect things like the national anthem. You know, we're just going to play the game. That's a different story, right? And 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 the th- it's interesting to me that they didn't even consider that idea because it's not like this is new that people are going to protest the anthem. To me, that says that the thinking probably is, of course, we're going to play the anthem. Of course, we are. Why wouldn't we do all the things that we do for a game? We want, you know, and we'll play it on TV. People will love it. People love the anthem. But now. You know, you're going to only see like this silent stadium with all these. You're players. in a time of national crisis. You want to hear the anthem, right? But these these big owners and these leagues, they don't want to be the one that's the first one back on television, and all of their players are making some sort of political gesture, whether you believe in it or not. That they don't want to be the ones that are first. <laughs> these these guys want. They don't want to be first. They don't want to be the ones that are the first ones that get all the national coverage and take all the lumps. So the MLS is like, well, we're not going to be first. It's not going to be us. All right. What's NASCAR doing? Is NASCAR playing the anthem? Uh, I bet you they are. I bet you they are. I bet you they are. Yeah, I mean, that's an empty that's an empty stadium, yeah. basically. I mean, but I mean, the players are there. It's the question of are you playing it for the players for the event or are you playing it for the fans did you ever feel when you went to a hockey game and they played the anthem or when you went to a football game and they played the anthem did you be like oh i'm so glad they did that for me i've never once thought like Uh, wow that anthem that anthem i'm really glad they played that for me i feel so much more ready to watch this game you know we don't play it before little league games um but they do play it you don't play it before like, Little League games? See, we did. No, not every Little League game doesn't get the national anthem played. Oh. Now, there's like opening set, like opening right. day. Sure. Opening day. And then we used, to, League, we used to do play it in the playoffs. It. We used to do it in the playoffs when I was a kid. Yeah.
what are you researching? I'm just looking up the, um, I'm trying to see like what the justification is. Oh, of why people play, play the anthem. Well, no, I'm just saying, look, why the MLS, the, the, the MLS, what the MLS is saying, we won't be playing the anthem. There's not going to be any fans in the stands. So we didn't see that it would be appropriate. And I feel today no different than I felt then, which is if a player is looking to express their right to kneel during the national anthem, they should have the right to do so. So I'd hope that they would stand, but if they opt not to, that's their prerogative, and we will support that. So is that like the head of the league? That's that's, or uh, that's MLS Commissioner Don Garber. Huh. And the MLS is a very interesting thing because isn't doesn't the league basically own all of the franchises? That I'm not sure. I think I d- that there's there's some sort of a like the league itself is is heavily invested in each individual franchise. You know what I mean? It's not like in the NFL where it is the collection of owners then hire a commissioner to represent them, but they are still the league. MLS is kind of like the other direction. It's like the M- MLS is the league and we sort of let you guys run our different franchises. Do you think this could ever potentially start a trend of us breaking away from playing the national anthem before sporting events? Um, Yeah. I mean, I real I think if this comes out, I think that, the, things are so charged right now. If these other leagues see MLS go and do this and they don't get a lot of blowback for not playing the anthem, I think that you might see other leagues follow suit and not want to go down that path. And they feel like this could be the way that they can kind of almost like nobody wins sort of a scenario. Like we're not playing the anthem. Nobody's protesting. Nobody wins. Nobody gets what they want. Or do we use it as a way to like add pageantry, like the way they do um, God bless America gets played sometimes during a baseball game. If it's like playoffs, right? But regular season game, you're not doing the God bless America. Right. It's just one of those things where, you know, the reason why the whole protest started was because it was a way to bring attention to your message without doing anything that was going to disrupt anything that was going to happen within the the context of the game. Yeah, like a peaceful protest. Right. And also, it's not going to hinder your team. You're not, like, taking a penalty by doing something within within the boundaries of the game, you're just kneeling for the anthem. It's, the game hasn't started and yet. It's also provocative and right. it yeah. makes you uncomfortable or whatever. Right. So, you know, it's a good, it's a so good it, it sort of works. Um, but the thing that w- we might see is in the same way that you've seen teams honor, uh, if you take away their ability to, to do it outside of the rules of the game, you might, I think that the way things are going, you might see teams and specific players are, pl- you know, Groups of players that are going to be like, if you're not going to let us protest at the beginning of the game, we're going to find a way to protest. Like, you're, you're not going to eliminate our ability to protest. So it will be interesting to see sort of how that ripple effect happens from league to league, team to team. Um, it's it's not going to go unnoticed. It's it's not going yeah, to go Yeah, I mean, ignored. we'll see if anyone does anything with the, the eight-minute um... – number you know i know a lot of teams did stuff with you know the kobe bryant numbers as far as like taking penalties or delay games things like that so uh yeah i i don't know like i'm really interested to see what the reaction is to the mls not playing the national anthem i think it's a 
a small it'll be like a microcosm of what actually happens if you know the nba decides not to do it or god forbid the nfl decides not to do it um so yeah i mean it's just something to keep an eye on an, an added layer to the return to sports you know yeah i i am really curious to see how um what sort of ratings what sort of reaction and MLS gets when it's the only game in town. When you flip on ESPN for two weeks, it's it's going to be wall to wall highlights American soccer. It's going to be uh, you know if you had told me that a year ago, I would have I would have called you insane. There would you if you had said there will be a week in the middle of the summer where you will see nothing but Americans playing soccer on ESPN. And it well, they might pepper in some some EPL, which is also going to be coming back. Okay, sure, uh, but that will soon. be that will be it. Yeah. You, you might see Soccer. some Bundesliga, but Soccer. that that will be it. The Lee, and it's not a World Cup year. You, I, I would have been floored. This is it, Gene. This is the year that soccer catches on in the United States. How many uh, times have you heard it? Oh God, since this I was probably five. And and the thing is that you know. It's caught on everywhere else in the world. I don't know what what's holding it back. It's it's always amazed me that it's not, you know, it's not the five <laughs> major sports. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we also uh, boxing is uh, looks like it's going to be making a return. UFC is back, so it's like you know, well, a little bit at a time. I do love the fact that the 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 wasn't it the UFC has something called Fight Island that they've been promoting. Really, I haven't heard this. I think that the idea being that they are going to isolate a number of fighters literally somewhere on an island uh, and they will, you know, as they're prepping for their bouts or whatever, and then they will broadcast from Fight Island. I think Um, it's a great idea. It sounds very Hunger Games to me. (laughs) I feel like I'm living in District 11 anyway, so. (laughs) Um, All right. Well, I think this was a good discussion. Yeah unexpected i know we kind of floated around all over the place yeah i mean hey that's that's the covid world we're living in you 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 can't kind of stay on one topic your brain is a bit scattered we're like a couple of uh butterflies just pollinating whatever flowers we can find going where the wind takes us yeah yeah so uh hey thanks thanks everyone for listening uh, if you haven't done so already, please remember to rate, review, and subscri- subscribe to the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, check us out on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search Potadelphia. If you have any more time in your podcast listening week, be sure to check out the Whip Around for all your weird news, uh, new episodes every Wednesday. Uh, and we'll be back next Monday with, uh, who knows, maybe more Stratomatic Baseball Talk. Yeah. Oh, no, we actually do know what we're going to talk about next week. We're going to try to book the Stratomatic guy. Yeah, yeah. But we're also going to discuss Long Gone Summer. Long Gone Summer. Yeah, tonight on ESPN, uh, the 1998 Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa home run race. So uh, we all have really fond memories of that event. Or if they're not fond, they're at least crystal clear. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so we'll be talking uh steroids baseball next week for oh, sure and happy early father's day to all you dads that are listening um because by the time you're hearing our next episode father's day will already be passed word up have a great day at work everyone we're out of here <laughs> <laughs>